1: I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times in Bloomington, along with Mary Catherine Carmichael, and today we're going to talk about how area arts organizations are doing during this recession. Joining us in the studio are four representatives of area arts organizations. Rob Hanrahan is here. He's the executive director of the Bloomington Area Arts Council. Columbus Area Arts Council coordinator Jeff Keel is here with us today. Arts Ileana executive director John Robeson is here, and joining us also is Kip Miracle. From the Jasper community uh, from the Jasper Community Arts Director, if you have questions or comments, please phone us at eight five five zero eight one one or eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight you can also join the discussion at our website, WFIU.org slash Noon Edition. So welcome to everybody. We have a good crowd today.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Thanks for having a good Thank day. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good topic to talk about, arts funding and arts, how the arts organizations are doing um, during this difficult time, I think is important to everybody. I'm going to turn to Rob first. Um, we in Bloomington know that the – the Arts Council has been going through, let's say, a tr- transitional time. Um, and so I'd like for you to sort of address that a little bit, where you are now in terms of the Arts Council.
2: Um, I, I think they're at the, we're at the point of restructuring and the board has been meeting on a weekly basis based on all of the information that has been gathered over the year and they're looking at what is the greatest need in the community for arts right now and my belief is they're going to head towards making up for whatever deficit there is in the school system and focus on school programs that they can uh, go ahead and offer.
1: Okay. All right. Um, So let's uh, take a a little broader look. Um, I know, Jeff, you mentioned that you're uh, on the Indiana Coalition for the Arts. And would you talk a little bit about what that coalition does and what your – sort of what your strategies are right now during this tough time?
3: The Indiana Coalition for the Arts is the state's official uh, arts advocacy Um, association or agency and there actually is a foundation also which is indiana coalition for the arts foundation the primary mission of the uh, of what we call inca is to not only um, provide advocacy efforts but also some uh, uh, educational um, efforts throughout the throughout the state to help provide um, information that can go out to arts organizations maybe on how to be better advocates uh, get in funding you know how to talk not just your state legislator but your local legislator, uh, along with your corporate donors and private sponsors. But the Indiana Coalition for the Arts, I'd say probably the most identifiable, identifiable event that we do is the Arts Day at the State House. And this year it was in late January. Um, invitations go out to, of course, all the legislators, but all arts organi- organizations throughout the state, and they all get the opportunity to have an exhibit table. And uh, it's, it's a very well-attended event and, uh, and lets all those legislators know, you know who we are and what the arts are everywhere you know, here in the state of Indiana.
1: All right. All right. Uh, Kit, you and uh, John, I want to bring you both on and ask about the – basically the, uh, the difficulties or the, the opportunities, whatever you want to address, uh, that occurred during a time like we're going through now. The recession and you know, funding is probably not as plentiful as it has been at certain times – Kit, do you want to talk about what that's been what that 's done to your organization in Jasper
4: it, it hasn 't been uh, such a problem for us because we have a number of different funding sources and we spread it out. Uh, we are a city department which uh, is unique in the state and one of the few in the country that has a an arts department so i 'm very fortunate that I have that umbrella there. They approve our entire budget they do not supply the entire budget though. Uh, we have income from a variety of sources, ticket sales, uh, services and commissions. We take um, programs out into the schools and get reimbursed by the schools. We have annual fund drive, grants. So it, it's it's spread out. Uh, the more money I bring in, the less the taxpayers have to pay. So it, it's the city council decides the whole budget and then – if i hustle and get more money then then you know they don't have to kick up so much uh the other thing is being very sensitive to the current economic climate um with your local taxpayers you don't want to you know do some some uh, uh, fabulous uh thing that you know only a few people can do you want it for everybody and uh, we do over 30 free events a year so okay
5: all right <laughs> Um, uh, arts, Liana in Terre Haute in the Wabash Valley, uh, we've seen, besides our arts organization, um, a lot in the area. Unfortunately, the nature of the beast is that you get hit from every side. Um, corporate support, uh, individual giving um, can be endangered in this economy, certainly uh, what's happening at the state level is of big concern. Uh, we're actually in decent shape right now. Um, we've, we just had our uh, annual fundraiser, Tablescapes. It was uh, brought a record fundraiser for us. Um, Our individual giving this year uh, brought another record number. Um, So we depend – we don't have uh, much support financially that is from the city. Uh, So we're very uh, reliant on individual donors and certainly uh, the Indiana Arts Commission. Um, But we kind of saw some writing on the wall as early as last summer and our board has been very forward-thinking and being able to react um, to the economy. The question is, is for how long and what's in the future.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: John, what kind of programming does your organization do?
5: Well, um, we're uh, not necessarily a presenting arts organization. Um, that said, we do th- we, are, we have a cooperation with Worldfest right now and Arts Midwest, and we're bringing um, ethnic music ensembles um, for the next couple of years uh, to the Valley, and we get that to. Uh, underserved communities, the community at large, all free of charge, and that's fun. Um, we publish a magazine spectrum um, that kind of embodies really what our mission is, and that's to gather all of the information and promote it and uh, shine a light on it and um, get people excited about the community they live in.
1: All right, our phone number is 855 877-285-9348. The website is wfiu.org slash noon edition. We're talking about the arts with uh, representatives of Arts Council's from Bloomington, Columbus, um, Terre Haute, and Jasper. So you can give us a call from all over southern Indiana and even uh, eastern Illinois. We
0: can
1: <laughs> hear from those people too.
0: So you all have arts – represent arts councils. Do you have arts centers as part of your community's actual physical brick-and-mortar facilities? I do. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jasper, yes, there is yeah. – yeah.
4: We have a, a – we're – Celebrating our 35th year, actually, and it was built by private donations and donated to the city. Uh, the city operates it, but uh, we still have a close alliance with the group that that helped us start. John?
5: Uh, our administrative space uh, has an art gallery. I certainly wouldn't call it a, a full-fledged uh, art center, mm-hmm. but uh, we have a gallery for regional artists there. Jeff?
3: If you've ever driven through downtown Columbus, you see the construction that's going on that Used to be the Commons, mm-hmm. which was the you know public uh, you know the open to the public facility that held uh, you know seven hundred and some events a year, right. whether it was the chess club, the clogging club, or a class reunion or a wedding reception. Um, it was demolished a few years ago and uh, should be up by the spring of eleven. So, uh, the Arts Council in Columbus, we've always pretty much been a funding organization and presenting organization. Our challenge has been presenting uh um, events around the area without a venue mm. and so that in, that that that's involved a lot more collaboration than we expect, that we had expected and we've also gotten creative in doing a lot of downtown programming
0: Mm-hmm. Now what ha- what happened? there was a, a branch of the IMA in the Commons as I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, what has happened to that the Indiana, uh, Indiana Museum Indianapolis Museum of Art right a-
3: It was the IMA Columbus Gallery and yeah. they uh, uh, had split from the IMA several years ago and formed the Columbus Museum of Art and Design mm-hmm. and that was the gallery space in that particular venue. They're kind of in hibernation right now. Mm-hmm. They still have an active board they still have. You know everything organizationally in place, but kind of like the arts council, we're dis we're dislocated right now. Mm-hmm. We're in a a wonderful spot that we've uh, been able to find, um, but you know it's I can't say it's cramped quarters, but we're making the most use of the space that we have until mm-hmm. uh, you know that new venue gets put up. But, That's really
0: know, exciting. They're doing well. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Rob, your your uh, I mean your experience again in Bloomington. Has been that you know the Luminary Arts Council has run the Waldron for quite some time, and now it appears that's going to come to an end. I think it's fair to say uh, it's been a difficult and challenging time. Um, you know, I, I know it's this is a, a tough time and a transitional time, but but what what do you see as you know a good role or a proper role for an arts council in this community?
2: Um. I think, again, that's in the the early stages of the board looking at. But I think one of the things that will happen is it will turn back into a volunteer organization. I think oftentimes – well, all not-for-profits were started by volunteers because of an advocacy in some way and then they morph into staffing problems or staffing themselves and maybe overstaff at a certain point or they decide that volunteers aren't as necessary. I think through this transitional period, we've seen a, an influx of volunteers for the Arts Council. I mean we have over 40 volunteers right now who are doing things from you know just custodial work at the Arts Center for the time that the Arts Council is still managing that and to membership and to fundraising drives and all of those kinds of things. Up until last November, the actually the arts council had was beyond its last year donations. So in November, though, then it started to change. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think one of the interesting things about having all four of you on is that you these are each arts councils, uh, but you sort of approach things differently. I mean, Jasper has a building. Um, you're uh, both a presenting and uh, an advocacy organization. Uh, so I mean, it's it's just different how different communities set things up. I mean, could you sort of give me a little insight into how an organization decides, you know, do you all have a strategic planning session and say, what's the best way for us to go in Columbus or Terre Haute or Jasper or Bloomington? Is that how you all sort of determine Mm -hmm. what role you're going to fill?
3: I think one thing that helped is that all four um, agencies here – um, we're a part of the regional arts partner process through the Indian Arts Commission when it started 13 years ago. And uh, as a group, um, worked on doing cultural needs assessments, what, in, uh, in well, I guess, was it 2000, then again in 2005. So um, um, we've all gone through the process and, and yes, do operate on those uh, regional services plans or – Um, I I can't speak for the others, but Columbus serves nine counties in southeastern Indiana, but we're not the geographic center. So the challenge for Mm -hmm. us has been, okay, what's the regional services plan and the needs that are there as opposed to what's happening with us in Bartholomew County? But Mm -hmm. I think we all have similar processes. What are your nine counties uh, Bartholomew, Jackson, Jennings, Dearborn, Decatur, Ripley, Ohio, and Switzerland. Okay. So, you go. Good
0: for
2: you. <laughs> so you go east and south.
3: basically. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. yeah. Rob? I think one of the things that the Bloomington Area Arts Council has had the advantage of is working with BoardSource, and BoardSource is considered the premier training board training company in the country. Last November, the Arts Council's board met with uh, Chuck Loring, who was our consultant, and he said something that really has struck with me, that if you're doing everything out of history and habit, then you're probably not doing the right things because you just perpetuate something and the need may not be the same any longer. And He used Crippled Children's as an example that morphed into Easter Seals and now has gone into something else so that you have to be a dynamic not-for-profit and look at what's going on and as I said earlier – Based on the cuts in the school system, it may be the appropriate time for the Arts Council to say let's take on that initiative in Monroe County for sure mm-hmm. and substitute for where the budget cuts are taking place.
0: Rob, you just mentioned Monroe County. Is there any discussion of narrowing your focus and staying in one county? I know traditionally there's been – what is it? Five or six-county six area? Six-county six
2: county area. area. Um, there's all kinds of things that are being discussed right now and there is no discussion about not being regional. Hmm. I mean that, that certainly – it's still on the table. It's still – a conversation that the board is is looking at. We've been in the process of recruiting board members from the other counties. So I, I think over the next six months, uh, the current board is going to take a step back and kind of look at everything that is needed and then move forward. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. All
1: right. Uh, Jeff, Arch, John. John. <laughs> Jeff?
3: John? <he's> Jeff. John. <laughs> right <laughs>
5: well, our, our organization was founded 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. So, um, You know, the community hasn't changed all that much, but um, we have some wonderful uh, arts organizations. We have a professional symphony orchestra. We have a a, a very high-capacity community theater. We have an organization dedicated to outdoor sculpture. We have a world-class art museum. Um, And, you know, so our role has been to promote support and enhance the arts. So um, that keeps us nimble. But also, it works well, has worked well with uh, the cultural planning process that Jeff spoke of, which basically amounts to a strategic planning process. We ask the community, what is the best way to serve? How can we and what we have access to best serve them? And then we match that up with our mission and um, what we're going to do.
1: Yeah, uh, you were here before and we talked about uh, your organization. I know I was struck before at how... Uh, vibrant the arts community is in Terre Haute and in your area. I think that was, uh, you know, for those of us who are sort of isolated here in Bloomington, sometimes we don't think outside of our own community. So, um, how many different counties do you? Uh, do uh, we serve? have
5: we have six counties. Um, we, we do uh, some work in a couple of Illinois counties as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay.
4: He has, he has some changes with. Uh challenges with that uh, border there. Uh, yeah I yeah. think so
5: yeah we have to be very careful if there's any um, uh, any public dollars obviously we don't want to you know we can't use those Indiana public dollars but at the same time we've got a, a private foundation um, that allows us to do some work Um in the, those two rural counties. You're not
1: allowed just to take those Illinois dollars and move them over into Indiana. <laughs> no, you wouldn't ever do that. All right. <laughs> and,
0: Sunday beer, yes. But, <laughs> but that's where it stops.
4: And,
1: and Kit, the, uh, the operation in Jasper, as we've said, is a little different because
4: – It is. Because we are a government, uh, we have uh, an obligation to our citizens that are supporting us. But Jasper – is central t- in our region, we have six mm-hmm. counties also, and we're we are the most rural of all of those, so a lot of people in the area either work there or shop there or look to us for advice and and we 've been able to manage our regional partnership as a separate entity uh, within that uh, within our uh, organization so mm-hmm. uh, it we feel a great responsibility to all the people in our region and uh, you know, if if they didn't get any arts uh, through us or arts advice or whatever, they may not just never encounter it. So, yeah, it our our mission goes far beyond our city limits. Mm-hmm. Do you mind mentioning your affiliate counties? The counties are I can't spit them out as fast as as Jeff does, but. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, uh, Crawford, Davies, Du Bois, Martin, Perry, and Orange. I was wondering so, if Orange was part of yours. Yeah. Right. And, and we often have people from Spencer County, even though that's in Region 10, uh, come up because they work there. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's closer. yeah mm-hmm.
1: Well, there, there are so many different areas uh, you know, involved in arts and arts advocacy. I mean Rob is, has been talking about the schools and educational programs. It's also, of course, visual arts, uh, performing arts, the, the uh, getting venues to, have, to be able to have arts, nurturing young artists and arts groups. Um, you know, how, do, how do you actually decide how you're going to
3: spend your time and where do you focus your time? Jeff? Um, One thing we've focused on, particularly in Columbus, is economic development, Uh, work with the uh, Chamber of Commerce, work with the tourism office to really try to spark, um, you know, the rebuilding of the commons and the naming of a uh, – well, an entertainment district for downtown. Mm -hmm. That was one thing we focused on was um, uh, making sure that events were happening that were bringing everybody downtown, creating a buzz – you know, Columbus has that 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 uh, that 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 thing. We need to hold up the word arts community. And you know, if you love architecture, you could spend four days there or you know four months there. Um, but the thing that we really needed to focus on was, you know, what are the folks who live in that area, who uh, from our surveys realize we realize they don't most of them don't travel more than eighteen miles to go to a cultural event. And that was pretty much true in the nine counties that we served. So we found a lot of people don't go other places. And we also found that they don't like to pay more than $20 for, an, for, for something. So when I think about the ticketed events that we do, we maybe do twice a year. Focus on creating activities that normally aren't offered in other communities or normally you don't find. So you know, we came with things like mm. uh, Night of a Thousand Jacks, a, jack-o-lan- a jack-o'-lantern uh, display of hundreds and hundreds of pumpkins and bad hair day and, and other things that we can collaborate with where economically you can kind of share the sponsorship and share the wealth because we've experienced in our community uh, the big boxes aren't as generous as they used to be. Some of the big boxes are moving out of the malls and so instead of getting that corporate sponsor for you know, a $5,000 sponsorship, we've been able to kind of break down – what we do and, and maybe get you know four or five $1,200 sponsorships or, four, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So there's where we've been a little bit more creative. I think.
0: Jeff, do you have a website that lists um, your events as they uh, come up? Because I think mm-hmm. that the things you just mentioned sound like a lot of fun. I'm sure yeah, a lot of people would like to know more them. about them.
3: www.artsincolumbus.org I had no idea bad hair was an art.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... And I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> <Okay. All right. laughs> Well,
3: uh, again, you have to kind of stretch it once in a while and say, yeah. okay, what is the, the art event? What are we going to – we collaborate and make things happen.
1: So All right. Like fun. Our phone numbers, and we hope that you'll call us from any of our areas today, 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. The website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. <clears throat> you mentioned um, – Jeff, you mentioned the uh, – the entertainment district for downtown in Columbus. Bloomington Mm -hmm. has a Bloomington uh, entertainment and arts district. I don't know if Jasper or Terre Haute have arts districts.
5: We have an arts corridor.
1: Arts corridor. Mm -hmm. And and I wanted to know, and I I hope Maya Michelson will forgive me, but I've always had a difficult time figuring out what the arts district in a community like Bloomington uh, means or a community like Columbus means. I mean, what benefit – does it bring to people who locate within the arts district what benefit do I get if I cross over one street from one street to another into an arts district what about businesses in the arts it,
4: district it, it depends on the type of uh, how, how it 's been set up in some communities it's they get uh, tax abatements for being locating in there but it 's also just a great tourism and economic value as Jeff mentioned. people mm-hmm. come and want to spend the day going from Gallery to gallery or little shop to little shop or antique shops, I mean and if they're all clustered together, it, it, and then you get the little uh, cafes and the boutiques, and, and it's a fun thing. It, it, it only benefits a community to do that.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, a, a healthy downtown is important for any community, and it, its purpose has been shifting um, over the last 40, 50 years um, as retail has moved away from there. Um, so you'll find a lot of uh, empty storefronts in these cities that are hopefully going to utilize the arts as an opportunity to reinvent their downtown.
0: How is your? How's the health of your downtown, would you say, in Terre Haute? Um, uh, good and
5: bad. You know uh, We're a victim of the economy. Um, there are empty storefronts. Um, but there are some wonderful arts businesses downtown aside from some of the uh, uh, organizations I mentioned earlier – We have some wonderful art galleries downtown that are taking advantage of the opportunity. Um, But, of course, everything is given to the economy. Mm -hmm. and So we've got some exciting things happening. Um, We are going to have a a sculpture and a wonderful little – almost a mini-park at the Crossroads of America on 7th and Wabash of of, uh, Max Ehrman is going in, our wonderful Terre Haute poet that we're very proud of who famously penned Desiderata.
0: Excellent. That's very exciting. Yeah. Jeff, you, met, you
1: oh. mentioned the word buzz too. It creates a buzz for your community.
3: Yeah. That, that's been what we focused on in Columbus. I wish we had five or six galleries in downtown Columbus you could walk back and forth to. But let's face it, it pretty much is a corporate downtown. Um, So, um, yeah, the Entertainment District of Columbus happens to be 4th Street where there's four bars and restaurants. So uh, there's also an art cinema down there that's – but well, I guess that's where the nightlife is. So so that's what we focused on is making sure that that buzz happens downtown, whether it's a free concert on a Thursday afternoon when everybody gets off of work or – It's a parade of bad hair days on Saturdays or an empty parking lot has jack-o'-lanterns or a a farmer's market on Saturday.
4: It it, it can be really great fun. Jasper has the traditional square, the courthouse square. And uh, we are our seventh year for our annual chalk walk event, which is the first Saturday in May. It's a totally art, family-friendly event. We block off the streets. uh, The kids come. They get their T-shirts and chalk, and they can tie-dye them. They have art all, the whole thing is about arts, and there are grown-ups that that do sidewalk art. Uh, and then after that, the, after the day is over, people are walking around looking at the art, and we have free music, free entertainment all day long. Uh, food booths, of course, and arts markets, but the the merchants really. Do. Enjoyed that too because it's bringing more people into the area.
1: Does your organization get involved with Strassenfest? No, okay. <laughs>
4: except for the Queen Pageant is held at the Jasper Art Center. Yes, okay. so right. we're the biggest facility around. Uh, right. Kid, how would you rate the health of your downtown? I think it's really great. I mean, we we have we've like many places have lost some stores, but uh, they have some really. Interesting little stores. One of them, our favorite, is Chocolate Bliss, (laughs) 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 which has uh, gourmet chocolate, and uh, uh, that has really taken off, but a lot of little eateries and uh, gift shops and things. Another good place to visit. Do you have a website? JasperArts.org, and I update that a couple times a week. You can't believe how many hits we get all the time. (laughs) That's excellent. Yeah,
1: before we go to break, I want to go back to to Rob and just acknowledge, again, the transition that Bloomington is in because the the John Waldron Arts Center, of course, has been a a staple, is a staple in downtown, and now there is some – I mean there's discussion about what's going to happen with that because the Arts Council um, has – well, it's just it's been a, it's been a financial um, drag on the arts council to be able to keep that open. So, um, how important do you think it is, Rob? If you could, uh, if you could sort of look into your crystal ball, how important do you think it is to downtown Bloomington to have that facility be open as an arts destination?
2: Um, I think it is important. I think all of the discussions that I have been involved in are looking to guarantee that it remains as an art center. Mm-hmm. So no matter how it all turns out in the end, that having that be there, there's a lot of emotion around it. There's a lot of sentiment around it. I think that the fact that it's a almost 100-year-old a building now is something in itself that speaks to. So I think it's important that it maintain itself as an art center.
4: Rob,
0: there's a gallery walk tonight, I think. Yes. Um, do you know how many galleries are going to participate in that? Uh, I believe nine. 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 Well,
2: it's not actually a gallery walk. It's First Friday.
0: Oh, OK. Thanks.
2: So First Friday is this evening and we have the Monroe County School System uh, uh, students show in the Waldron tonight, which we're very excited about. And it's
0: always a big yeah, night. Yeah, it is. A you know, It's like
2: the, the students have just done a phenomenal job and, and I really encourage everybody to come and see it because it really is a beautiful show.
1: All right. We're going to have to take a break. We're talking about arts and arts organizations in our part of Indiana. We have representatives from Bloomington, Columbus, Terre Haute, and Jasper with us. Uh, if you want to get on the phone, you can call us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. You can also join us by going to the website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. We'll be right back.
6: Listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville Telephone Information at smithville.net, and from Mother Bear's Pizza at motherbearspizza.com. You can take WFIU programs with you by downloading our podcasts. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full-length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia If you miss one, that's okay. They're archived on our website, wfiu.org, and the best features from each week can be heard Saturday mornings at 745.
1: Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, along with Mary Catherine Carmichael, and today we're talking about arts and arts organizations in our area during this, uh, how they're weathering the recession. Joining us in the studio are Bloomington Area Arts Council Executive Director, Rob Hanrahan. Columbus Area Arts Council uh, Coordinator Jeff Keel, Arts Ileana, Executive Director John Robeson, and Jasper Community Arts Director Kit Miracle. If you want to join us, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. And you can also join the discussion at our website, wfiu.org slash noon edition
0: we had a nice uh, message that came in that uh, I wanted to share with the listeners uh, it begins I'm not an artist in Brown county I'd like and I'd like to point out that while Brown County does not have an official art center with walls we do have a traveling art center without walls We have several active arts organizations such as Art Alliance Brown County many galleries and individual artists who work together to offer exhibit space classes student mentoring and they raise funds for mini grants and scholarships activities such as the Brown County Artful Dining Gala and the Brown County Studio Tour. Our community had a need and the artists came together to organize these activities and promote the arts in Brown County. All right. Thank Brock. you for that.
1: Is uh, Brown County part of the this area? It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah.
2: Monroe, Morgan, Brown, Owen, Green, and Lawrence. Okay.
0: And for there are lots team. of nice opportunities in Brown County to to see wonderful art. Yes. Right. So, yeah, great. I'm glad she pointed that out. Thank you, Monique. Right.
1: Okay. Um, we want to get to s- some discussion of the state budget and how the uh, the arts are faring in the state budget this year. Um, Jeff, do you want to start us off on Sure, sure I'll go first. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, I've been part of that regional arts process for the past 10 years, so I've seen it from, I think, its inf- infancy all the way till now. and um, Unfortunately, the – when I say we, the arts community, also those at the state agency and the advocates board, uh, feel that there's a change coming. Um, That even though the budget was approved last year with the the arts commissions, the state arts agency's budget being set at around $4 million, um, we have strong reason to believe that some more cuts are coming. And they are based upon the projected tax incomes for the state for the upcoming fiscal year. And so everyone's trying to prepare for that. And um, I think that's, probably a key thing that's on everyone's mind right now what would happen to this regional large process where 12 agencies are devoted to serve these particular counties in their areas and how does uh, the money that comes in from the state get filtered out to try to affect all 92 counties not only with planning but with uh uh, technical assistance workshops or sharing information on websites, and most importantly, or the one that everyone knows as far as grants making. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, for right now, I, I think there's uh, a couple of uh, scenarios or, or or plans out there floating around as to how this regional arts partner process can stay afloat or can be altered, and how, in fact, uh, how much of an impact can the state agency have itself with its staff of what, 10, 11 people? 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and how that can come, but it seems pretty prevalent that a, that a, a change is coming to the to the budget of the arts arts commission. Mm-hmm. All right, John.
5: Well, I think you know uh, what's going to affect a lot of the regional partners is um, you know we've pushed ourselves to make sure we get out as much as possible in all of the counties, um, which is right at the top of the Indiana Arts Commission's uh, mission statement. Mm-hmm. And um, so we've all worked hard at that. And for this to, for that to go away would be something we don't want to see happen. Mm-hmm.
4: And, and that's true for us. Uh, you know, if, if they're talking about pulling it back to state level or just major organizations, it's the rural areas that will be hurt the most, the, mm-hmm. the little uh, – Peacock Children's Theater or the Lotus Dickey Festival. You know, a couple thousand dollars is not a big money, but it's a big money to them. So all of those rural counties are the ones that are going to be hurting the most if they start uh, withdrawing services from them.
1: Yeah, since we're here in Bloomington, the Lotus Dickey Festival you're referring to is one in Orange County,
4: right? Correct. Mm -hmm. As opposed to the Lotus Festival that's here. Yes, it's a different one. Yes. Okay. Mm Um, so,
1: if if there was a, if if the structure stays in place, but but funding is cut back by a considerable amount, let's say instead of when you said four million, before, a little over four million, yeah. a little over four million, you, there's only three million. I mean, what? How, how will the how would people in each of your areas uh, see that? What would be the effect on the programs that you're able to provide?
4: Well, for for the first time this this uh, funding year. The money is distributed on a per capita basis. It has never been done. So that, to me, is the most fair way across the state. And I think people will understand more if they know that everyone's getting the same cut. But if they think that certain favored organizations are not taking that cut and other people are totally being cut out, that's, that's – uh, uh, gets into the fairness issue and, and kind of pushes a, that hot button for people.
5: Yeah, and um, another reason I think that would be a, an important and probably the most equitable scenario where it was um, kind of a, a shared cut, but kept the mechanisms and the structure in place, is because the economy, uh, the tax tax windfalls, it's not always going to be like this. You know, three years down the road, you know, we will be able to serve through those mechanisms, serve everybody well. Um, if those mechanisms are eliminated, there could be you know, generations that we miss.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how creative are you getting as far as working with local government um, and – I don't know. I mean as far as writing um, – I, I'm, for some reason, what's coming to mind is um, here in Bloomington, for example, with s- um, certain new building projects. There's a percent for the arts. Um, are there any new creative initiatives coming um, up that that could replace some of the funding that you know is going to go away from from the state?
3: I don't know if we've identified any. It's It's been tough in Columbus. The state's cut – or the city has cut several things out of its budget. Mm-hmm. Hmm? As
2: we're not an arts or a regional partner any, any longer, um, one of the last comments I made to the commission before that got terminated was that it might behoove the IAC to spend more time educating these not-for-profits how to do fundraising on their own and to look for forces to sources themselves rather than depending on – the granting process. So to really spend more time in that educational process because fundraising is, is a – it's a developmental process. It takes some time to do it. It, it. They've got the opportunity now to send some resources to those organizations and say, here's what you need to put in place. Here's what can help you get some of that local dollars that you may not be getting at this point in time. Trevor
5: mm-hmm. Burrus And okay, John? to what Rob said and, and to your original question, um, in the Wabash Valley, we don't have anything on the horizon in terms of increasing public dollars for the arts it 's not uh, popular at this time because everybody's hurting so badly, and that means at the county level, at the city level, and certainly at the state level um, but so we 're looking at you know ways f- to increase private resources, help our organizations do the same, and uh, broaden um, our plan. So we get more stakeholders involved mm-hmm. in the organization and the programming itself, because that ultimately is what is going to be the saving grace for the organization. It will help with advocacy from top to bottom.
1: Um, yeah. Are all your organizations membership based? Mm-hmm.
4: Ours is not. No, yeah, but of
1: course you're run by the city, but yeah. Yeah. Our, our, three our key supporters
3: us? our key supporters are just private donors. Um, mm-hmm. We, uh, we are a regional arts partner, and I'm the grants administrator for those nine counties. But the other thing we also have st- – and we started with 35 years ago, 36 years ago, was the United Arts Fund of Columbus, mm-hmm. which was generated to primarily support arts organizations in Bartholomew County. I've got to say that is still pretty strong. Is
0: it? Mm-hmm. I wondered. I've always and, thought that was genius.
3: And the biggest thing that we did to change was – you talked about the uh, Columbus Museum of Art and Design earlier mm-hmm. in our conversation – since they're kind of in hibernation right now, they were a key partner with us on a large-scale fundraising event we always did in the fall. And since they're hibernating, we have decided to take on the event ourselves but take a percentage of that and apply it to the United Arts Fund. Mm, nice. And our challenge has been branding, you know the difference between Give to the Arts Council and our operational supports and Give to the United Arts Fund. But I have to say that the United Arts Fund has been pretty strong the last couple of it, years. Is that
1: It, it is a – Foundational fund, so you can apply, I mean, do they distribute, the United Arts Fund distribute
3: grant money through? We'll, we'll distribute grant money locally to arts organizations that are eligible through our guidelines. Okay. All right. uh, it, currently, it's a dance studio, uh, a symphony, and a historical society. All right. Okay. Rob, you look like you wanted to say Yeah, something.
2: I think the other thing that arts councils need to be looking at right now, which is, uh, I think most, or many of you know, I was a house, hospital administrator for 20-some years, and so we spend a lot of time on centers of excellence you know and not being able to do everything for everybody but really focus right now during this time on what can we do best and pick those 3 to 5 things that we can do best and focus on that and then focus all of the funding towards those things and then put on the wish list yes we'd like to do this this and this in the future but you have to be able to have it funded to be able to do that. Mm-hmm.
4: And, and those things are often in your strategic plan too. Right. You know, you, When you sit down to do your strategic plan, you have multiple numbers of things and then you kind of narrow it down to the things that you can actually accomplish maybe in the next five years or something. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Interesting though, even in these very difficult economic times, it doesn't sound like
4: anybody's really scaling back a whole lot. Well, we do, but not in a way that's noticeable to the, our patrons. It, it, instead of bringing in uh, the big name, we b- may bring in somebody who is less expensive, mm-hmm. uh, and we still seek quality. And it's still out there. There's a, a lot of artists and musicians that are looking for work, and and we still feel obligated to serve everybody. We have everyone from preschoolers up to retirees, and and you mentioned volunteers. Volunteers are a huge part of ours. We have nearly 400 oh, volunteers, wow. which, is, which is really uh, magnificent that so many people from the community want to support that way. That is great.
1: All right. Our phone numbers again, eight five five zero eight one one in Bloomington. Outside of Bloomington, that would include Terre Haute, Columbus, and Jasper. You can call us at 877-285-9348. And you can go to our website, wfiuorg slash noon edition. Kit, I wanted to ask about how – how uh, many dates you have booked for the Art center? I mean, do you do you book it every every day of the year or?
4: No oh, well, we are open uh, six days a week and often seven days a week, depending upon what we do. We, our our performing series is we have generally twelve, but we'll have thirteen this year. And then we have classes all the time. We do rentals because we're the largest facility in the area. Uh, our gallery is open six days a week. And that's free of course. Uh, and then all of the things we we do education programming, which that's not counted in the twelve. So we, we're a Kennedy Center partner, so we take a lot of stuff out to the schools and and uh, I'm really have a wonderful, uh, passionate education coordinator who's been with us for twenty years, Donna Shoppers and she just she just knocks the arts uh, into everybody's field there. you know, it is, It's just like you will love the arts. And, and <laughs> <do>.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. And this is Kit from Jasper. Sometimes I don't uh, – when we have a lot of guests, I, people can't tell who's talking, but that was Kit from Jasper. <laughs> okay. Um, so funding is one of the major issues that uh, you're all facing now. What other issues are there? Um, you've talked about volunteers and getting volunteers. What about um, getting strong people to work for your organizations? Is that and uh,
0: board membership and
3: board membership yeah, for those board Sure, I think board. I, I'm sorry, but I think board development has to go along with fundraising, um, and I think sometimes you see people step back because they realize that there's more responsibility, or they're going to have to take a more active role in these economic times. Whether it's an arts board, or the soccer club, or or you know a, a food pantry. Um, so uh, um, that's something we're struggling with right now. Not that you know there are key people on uh, out there, but but uh, I think our board has realized that's a bigger role they're going to have to play in the upcoming years. And uh, Jeff, how big is your board in Columbus? Um, 17. Okay.
1: John, how about you in Terre Haute? We've got a twenty-member
5: board right now, and they are the reason. I mean, sometimes you don't necessarily see the the fruits of the labor for a couple of years, but. They're the main reason why we're in decent shape right now, um, and we've got some good leadership coming up uh, through various committees, but um, I'm grateful. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, again, Rob, in the transition that Bloomington is going through now, part of the uh, part of the strategy is to increase the number of board members, correct? Correct. And we're at seven? Nine. Nine? No? Nine
2: currently. Okay. Um, the board has the capacity through the bylaws to be up to 20, but uh, – Chuck Loring again advises that if you go beyond 15, you become unmanageable as far as the board is concerned. Mm-hmm. And he indicated to us as the board has, a, has adopted that there are four – or three – excuse me, three standing committees, finance, governance and fundraising. And those should be the top priorities of your board of directors. And by governance, it means choosing the next right board members. Mm. So it's not actually governing the organization. He was very, very clear – that the board should not be spending a whole lot of time on program issues. Hmm. You know, they're really there to be opening up doors, looking for different sources of funding. Actually, being the ones who are the public relations arm of the organization. So, who should be spending their time on programming? Uh, in in the model that has staff, it would be the staff, right? Okay? And a model that has volunteers is a volunteer committee that actually does that. You know, so in in a, a board where your focus is on fundraising and governance and finance then you get advisory groups and things like that that actually deal with a volunteer programming issue. Right, right now, uh, many of our teachers are actually organizing themselves to create the next classes based on a volunteer force. Mm-hmm. So rather than it being staff-driven, uh, the, cl- the pottery group in, in particular, you know, Jameis uh, Brooke is really committed that this continue and that the programs they offer continue. So he's organized this voluntary group of people to look at what classes they want to offer in the future. All right.
1: So in, in this uh, difficult time, as I think all of you have alluded to at some point during the program, but there are you – know, and I've heard the governor talk about this before. The governor has said – he said in a debate down here in Bloomington, you know, when, when asked directly, you know, would you support more funding for the arts in the state, he said you – know, he talked all about how much he loves the arts and all this, as you would imagine anybody would do um, – and then he said, "But I, you know, when I look at the priorities for the state, I think it's—I'm uh, paraphrasing him—but he said essentially it's something that we probably will have to give up some of the funding because you know, can you can you fund the arts before you fund public safety and those kinds of issues? How can each of you make the case that for the importance of the arts and the importance of arts funding and support of? Individuals who might you know who who could give to a a food pantry or to an arts group or to you know a humane association or an arts group, you know how how do you get across that importance of supporting the arts even during these very difficult times, Um, Kit? I want to start with
4: you. Jobs and economic value. Uh, I mean, everyone keeps saying, "Well, we need more money. We need more money." But I know because we follow our ticket sales by, by zip code and I know who's coming to my art center and it's a lot of people from a lot of different places especially with the internet and people are following their fav- favorite artists and so on and they come they they get the tickets they spend uh, time at the, the, at the local hotel or restaurant uh, downtown shopping uh, economic value. I mean, we go hand in hand with tourism, and that's a big industry, and it's still very vibrant in this state, even though some of the others have taken a hit. Right.
1: Okay.
5: The economic sure. development. I, I agree with Kit very much. Um, and when people look at what they're proud of in their community, what they know about, in terms of you know, and a lot of times people point to the arts and culture. And what is there to do? What is there is an auxiliary for their kids to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and as far as the cuts that have happened at the education level to the arts, it's a great supplement. What's going on that's community-based, arts and culture-wise. And the other case to be made is we're talking about $0.35. It might be off by a cent or two per taxpayer. Um, that is – that is it's a, it's a very good investment if
3: you're buying. Yeah.
4: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and and quality of life and economic development have always gone hand in hand. So it makes perfect sense. Right. Well, that's –
3: I was going to talk about a little bit what Kit said. But also when I look at those as the grants administrator to basically nine rural counties and to see where these $1,000 mini grants go and you get a thank you card that's eight feet long on brown paper that's signed by 700 elementary school kids. And you think about some of those schools that don't even have a paid art teacher in the middle school um, or you look at a high school that's graduating 250 kids um, you know, every year. So they've got well over 500 students and they don't do a play. It just makes – because you know, the answer the principal gave was, well, there was no one here on staff who was interested in um, directing a show. Um, but. We see that it's not a priority in the educational system. So again, for the for the governor to say, well, you know, OK, we can go without the arts. But you know, I live in – I don't live in Columbus. I live in a community about 28 miles away that's pr- predominantly a manufacturing town of about 10,000 people. And they always go, why do these kids graduate? They go off to college and they never come back. Culturally, what is there for them to come back to? And, and if that's what it's all about, the economics part of it to make the communities grow – well, we come back because there are things to do. Uh, I can think of the instances where uh, you you say, oh, uh, for instance, like in uh, Greensburg, Decatur County, the Honda plant came to town. And they thought, OK, all these upper management guys are going to come in. They're going to buy property and build these nice big houses. And most of them went to communities that were miles away because there were things there for them and their and uh, their families to be a part of. And so I, that's how we have to look at it, I mm-hmm. think. Okay. That, that's
4: exactly why uh, – the group that built us in the first place, that established us, did it was because Jasper's in the middle of nowhere, really, you know. Mm-hmm. But but it was a, a recruiting tool, quality of life, you know. Once you get that, that uh, you invest in that employee uh, to come there with uh, his or her family, and then of course c- good schools, but also having something to do that's interesting mm-hmm. is very important. Mm-hmm.
2: Rob. <laughs> From an academic point uh-huh. of view, I think there are two priorities for every community. One is healthcare and education, and how the arts uh, tie into that is by augmenting those things. And if you have a solid healthcare program and an educational program that includes art, it creates the next generation of leaders in the future. I happen to be, you know, very blessed in the fact that I went to a uh, private schools. And in my high school, we had a phenomenal arts and theater program and I was a performer, so I was a singer-dancer way back when. Before the age of 20, I was able to go to 21 countries performing because of that. That education was phenomenal. So it allowed me to do the things that I've done today in life and so – however we can support the arts – and keeping it in those places, and the reason I say healthcare, Children's Hospital, Nationwide Children's in Columbus, Ohio, if you walk through that hospital, you'll see more artwork in there than you'll see in any museum that I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. So a combination of partnering with some of those larger issues that are out there will help.
1: Okay, so why does a hospital put so much artwork up? And I know Bloomington Hospital is kind of the same way. You can see Rudy Pizzotti's work all over Bloomington Hospital. Um, What's the connection? What's the connection?
2: Well from a children 's hospital connection is that you want the child to feel normal you don 't want them to feel different because they 're in a healthcare setting so you want them to see things that they would see out in the world so putting artwork and things that are um, oh magical i guess I would put it allows them to to remain being a child in in a, in a hospital like you know bloomington hospital you you 're there because something's wrong well you don 't want to be focused on what's wrong. You want to be focused on something that's beautiful or a beautiful outcome or something like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. We only have about a minute to go. So, last thoughts about uh, something that your organization needs. Jeff, Columbus? What,
3: what, what, uh, we need a nice venue that all of the office staff can be a part of. That's what. <laughs> and we're working on that. Okay. And, all right. John Terre
1: Haute.
2: Um,
3: you know, the people that know what's going on in the
5: community are always uh, – their head's spinning because there's so much to do, so much high-quality stuff to do. Uh, people go to artsiliana.org, uh There's a calendar of events right there. And, um, you know, we were talking about stuff to do. I live and work in a community that is aligned by four colleges, you know, and that's our chance to audition what will be a very educated workforce to our community. So okay. people need to go to the website and support their local arts council. Okay. And, Kit,
1: what's your website?
4: JasperArts.org, and we need people to participate.
1: All right. And Bloomington Area Arts Council, what's your website? Uh,
2: We have two artslives.org and bloomingtoninfo.org. All right. Arts.info. I'm going to have to
1: cut you off, Rob. Okay. Sorry, we're out of time. (laughs) Okay, I want to thank Rob Hanrahan, Jeff Keel, John Robeson, and Kit Miracle for being here with us today. For Mary Catherine Carmichael, producer Ariana Prothero, and engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening.